light in darkness, that you open our eyes that we can see the truth and we can walk in it. Because when we know your truth, it is that truth that we know that sets us free. So I speak freedom in this atmosphere today in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that you will move on the hearts of people and that there will be a shift in the atmosphere. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Father. Amen and amen. So let me know. Are we good, guys? All right. Okay, great. All right, so the title of my message today is The Strength of Men. The Strength of Men. And um, I debated whether I should say the strength of a father, but I thought the strength of men is needed. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And I, I just want to set some things up ahead of time um, before we go into the scriptures and show you some examples. But I wrote this down, and, I, and this is what I wrote. It's time that we bring back the admiration and potency of the strength of men back in the atmosphere of the earth. Because what has been happening is that the devil, because he is the thief, has been stealing the strength and position of men on the earth, and he's been using women to do it. And the way that he used women is to tell women that men don't appreciate them, that men don't think that they're good enough, that men aren't giving them an opportunity. It's not the men that's, not, that's doing this. It's the devil. The devil is the ultimate narcissist, which is he creates a problem, and then he comes in to solve it like he is the big, you know, helper, Right? So he created the problem with women in the first place by giving them insecurities where they didn't think they could do anything. And then he came in and blamed men and told men that they're not giving women opportunities. Do you see how that is? He came in and he told men that in order to lead your house, you need to control women. So that's what men thought they had to do. So now that makes women who don't want to be controlled, and nobody, no human, man or woman, wants to be controlled because we weren't created to be controlled. So you see how the devil came in, and he made all of these shifts right under our noses. And you know what he did? He used the church to help with his little agenda too. He used the whole earth, not just the church. He used the world system, the church, anybody that would go with it, he used it. And it's time for it to stop. So I'm here to speak to men and tell you that you have built-in strength that women don't have. God made you that way. God made you with a strength that we will never get up to. And frankly, I don't want to. <laughs> I like having a guy around that's stronger than me. That's really cool. <laughs> okay? And we need to change our appetite and our mindset about men. Okay? We, do you recognize how the devil has decided to weaken men so much that he convinced men and young boys 
that in order to be strong and show their real self, they have to turn themselves into a woman. Do you see what he's done to men? And now it is, it's, it's bad for a man to even stand up and be strong about something because then they're being against women. Do you see? In the kingdom of God, the way God set things up is for us to be helping each other, not competing. There's no need to compete with a man. There's no need to compete with a woman. We were created in God's image. And he set things up for us to follow so his image in each of us could work together and produce something that the world has never seen. And in order for this to be completed, we must have our men stand up and pull from the strength that God put inside of them. And that's what I want to talk to you today about men. Are you good with that? All right. So the other thing I want to mention is Only a man could be a father. A woman can never be a father. Even if you're a single mom and you are living in a house by yourself and you're you're raising your kids by yourself, you cannot be their father. You can only be their mother. Right? And a father cannot be a mother. He can only be a father. If you are in a situation with a single family unit for whatever reason, you have to remember this and you have to focus on only being the thing that you were designed to be. And God provided the church for those situations because he knew what the devil would do. God provided the church so that in the church we can have mothers and fathers that help with that position. So that children could be raised properly. The way children are raised properly is so they see the strength of a man and the nurturing of a woman. And, they, and, they, and it develops every single part of them. And this is what we're missing. We have families whose husbands are turning into women and living with the wife, dressed up as a woman. And that's what the image the children are seeing. Do you see what the devil is doing? When the devil is finished using women... In this season of his little reign he's got going on, then he's going to turn it back again against women and bring the man up. Do you see what he does? He plays seesaw with with humanity. If you look through the historical pages of the world, you'll find that that's exactly what he's done. And as men of God, not just men, but men of God, you not only have strength physically, but you have authority in the, in the spiritual realm to tell the devil to shut up. Amen? Amen? And, and maybe I'm not around this, this, um, this environment too much, but from my understanding, I see a lot of women groups, women prayer teams that meet together to pray for their families. I constantly hear of it. I see it. I see women praying for their kids, women praying for their husbands, women praying for... But I don't see too many men praying for anything. They don't, I, don't find, I don't find a lot of men's prayer groups. I want to challenge the men that you need to get together with other men and tell the devil to get out of our town. Tell the devil to get out of the houses. Tell the devil to leave the women alone. It, the devil has, has made it where we're against each other. 
So we're telling this kind of guy that he needs to stop and that kind of woman that she needs to stop. It's the devil that needs to stop. And so we can do something about it because we are the people of God. It's time for our community to look like what God intended when he created Adam and Eve. This is what our community should start looking like. It should start looking like two people who God put in the garden, a man and a woman, to start populating the earth. It should look like that. And it should be giving, it should be given the grace and the mercy that God showed to Adam and Eve when they messed up mankind. This is all part of who we are and what we're capable of doing. Look at what happened. The devil thought he took what God created, but God showed him what he created in us and how he could still be beaten. The devil was still kicked. He was still knocked down on the earth. Jesus came to earth and beat him up here. He was kicked out of heaven in the first place, but the first Adam didn't do what he was supposed to do, and I don't know if he knew what the heck he was supposed to do anyway, but the second Adam, Jesus, he came and he did the job. So we're not working off of some fallen man and some fallen woman. We're working off of a risen Savior who completed something and got us back on track. Do you hear what I'm saying today? So in the atmosphere of your workplace, in the atmosphere of your home, of your community, when you're talking with people, start lifting up men. Start talking good about men. Start pulling out of your spouse and your brothers and your fathers and, and all the men in your life, the male co-workers that you work with. You start talking about what qualities they have that show the strength of a man. And watch what happens. Watch what happens. It will turn our entire country around. Enough with this men are weak and they're not giving women a chance and they're doing this stuff to women. Guess what? Women are doing stuff to men too. <laughs> they're doing stuff to men all the time. But now they can't, the men can't even talk about that because, gee, they'll go to prison or something. We're done with all that. All right, let's go to our first scripture. Are you with me? Guys, don't you feel better now? All right, they were a little scared there when I started preaching. They don't know what I was going to say to them. <laughs> but but the, um, the, the goal, the Lord gave me a goal, which for me, this is a strong goal for me, is to encourage men and activate the strength that God built in them. So the encourage part is a little tricky for me. But I think I've done a good job so far. So even if I sat down, I did my goal. But <laughs> let's look at the scripture so you can get this inside of you. Men, I, young boys, men, whether you're married, whether you're a father, whether you're not, you can do this. And we need you to. We need you to activate inside of you what we have not even seen yet. Let it just, you know, let the lion roar. Yeah, that was sung on purpose. Let it come out of you. <laughs> Amen. Uh, let's go to Genesis 2-7. You know this well, Genesis 2-7. And, uh, oh good. So are we live with the proper live that we do? And we have both? Yeah. Great. Fantastic. I love it. And I also have my voice recording going here. We're getting this message out. They're going to hear loud and clear the world system will be shaken up and enough of this turning our boys into girls. 
It, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridic- ridiculous. Our men, our boys weren't born here to put lipstick on and walk around with a skirt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and we want them to affirm their real self. Yeah, I'll tell you what their real self is. Show me under the covers, I'll tell you. I'll identify for you. <laughs> All right. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath or spirit of life, and man became a living being. Now, God created man first. He created Adam first. Inside of Adam, he put Eve, and he took her out when it was appropriate. Okay? But God put a man in the garden first, by himself to take care of the entire garden while he was creating Eve for him. And guess what happened? Nothing went wrong with the garden. (laughs) The animals stayed alive. The trees produced fruit. Everything was fine. Adam kept naming things like God asked him to. All by himself. All by himself. Adam did all this by himself. And here's the thing. He didn't know what God's plans were. He didn't know that God was going to bring a a helpmate for him, right? He took on the responsibility without knowing that he was going to get help. You see? Adam could do this all by himself. So if I'm going to do any kind of scolding today, it might be to the women, but... Men are capable of handling an entire earth by themselves. Could you believe that? That's not what we hear, right? We hear how men can't make it without women. What are they going to do without women? Well, I don't know. Let's ask Adam. What did he do without Eve? He did a lot without Eve, didn't he? So for all the single guys and, and the boys out there, like seriously, you still have things that you can do without the woman in your life yet. And you need to get to work doing it. If you are widowed or divorced and you're later in life, guess what? You can do a lot of things, even though there's no woman there anymore. Because you have in you the capability of authority, the capability of strength, the ability, the wisdom of God is inside of you that you can name things without the lady having to tell you what to name it. Do you realize when, when Eve showed up, everything was named and labeled appropriately? Eve did not get to name a single animal, nor did she name a single fruit. Adam named them. Have you ever thought about that? I bet the men are shocked that I would even say these great things about men, huh? Because you heard the bad stuff, yeah. Here's the problem with the world that it created. If we elevate one gender more than the other, we are automatically assuming, they're assuming that you mean the other one is worse. Or the other one did it to the other one. No, it's all all the stuff that's bad is being done by the devil. (laughs) Right? So he uses people that don't know better. That's what he does. At one time in all of our lives, we didn't know better. And we were being used by him too. Until we knew better. And then we changed. So the men are being taught that they're not good enough. 
Well, Adam was. God thought he was just fine. He named everything. Did you, the first thing that Eve ever named was a child. Read it. Go read it. She named a child. That was the first thing she ever named. She didn't even name herself. <laughs> Adam named her. <laughs> do you see? Men can do so much more than we women give them the opportunity to or the world gives them the opportunity to. But no longer in the kingdom of God. That God, when Galatians 3.29, when it states about we're no longer Jew, Greek, we're not separated, we are the same. So this means the same, we're the same. God sees us equally, but we each have our thing that we're really good at. And the devil took that opportunity about being equal and he made it a competition. God didn't make it a competition. He made it an image that could fit together and show something the world's never seen. That's what God intended. There is no competition. But because men are being told how weak and, and terrible they are, when they do have an authoritative position, their only way of managing that position is control. Because they don't know how else to handle it. So they may control things because that's how, that's how they can handle it. Do you understand? So for the men, you need to ask God for supernatural wisdom to lead. Because you are a leader. You were born with leadership traits in you. Every man was born with this. You know why? Because you have the potential to be a husband. And the husband was labeled the head of the household. God would not call you head if he didn't give you leadership anointing. Do you hear what I'm saying? It doesn't matter your personality. The anointing for leadership is inside of you. You got it. You got it. And a man who can understand this can handle a strong woman. He can handle a leader woman. He'll know how to lead a leader woman. Do you hear me? So if you have a leader woman, it's not a competition. It's it's an explosion is what it is. And it's not an explosion inside your house. It's an explosion to the enemy's systems. That's what it is. Stop infighting. Start pushing it out to the enemy. Do you see what I'm saying? So... Adam was the first one on the scene of the earth, and he worked. He named all those trees. He named all the animals. He named a woman. He's never seen a woman before. He's never seen any, but any other human. This is the, he saw the first human. Adam did. He didn't even see himself yet. Think about it. He saw Eve. I mean, he had to look in the waters maybe to see his reflection, but, but to see a person, he was the first camera on the scene. He saw Eve. You see? And God picked them for each other. God picked them for each other. The second verse we're going to look at is um, Job chapter 1 and verse 8. Job chapter 1 and verse 8.
Oh, you guys are fast. I like it. All right. And the Lord said to Satan, right? God's talking to Satan. God was talking to Satan. We can do the same thing. Right? And he said, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who reverently fears God and abstains from and shuns evil because it is wrong. I want to show you that God pointed out a man to brag on on the earth. It wasn't a woman he picked. He picked a man. He picked Job. And he showed the devil, na, 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 na. <laughs> you're strutting around here like you're something. Do you ever look at Job? Job, in God's eyes, had a higher position than the devil. We all do. But how much has society put men down so much that even they're weaker than the devil in the eyes of people. You know how I know that? Because women always think they're the spiritual head of the house because my husband just don't do this and he just don't do that. Well, help him do that. When we put him down, we're literally saying the devil is beating him up and he can't win. So I have to step in and help him win. Well, you're supposed to help, yeah. It might be a two-person fight. But if you're expecting him to do it all by himself, what's the point of you being there? <laughs> what's the point of you keeping the relationship with your husband if you're already done bearing the children, if that's all we were good for? You have to stop thinking that way to women. You understand? The world has put an agenda forth. Women are to bring forth children. That's all the men want with them. No, they want a lot more than that. But because the, the world system has created this picture, then women start looking at their men like they couldn't potentially do this. No, I can't let him do that. Not, not, no, because he'll just make a mess of it. He doesn't know enough. Well, then help him. <laughs> do you see? Oh, Lord, I'm beating up the women today. But <laughs> <laughs> Women, it's not either or. It's and too. Not me too, it's and too. <laughs> that would be a hashtag. Not me too, and too. <laughs> there are men on this earth that feel so pushed down that it's dangerous for our society. Because then they can be easily persuaded to get the weight off of them. And you know how they're getting the weight off of them these days? Go join a team where you can win for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go fight the women on their turf. Yeah, they, they won't let you, you know, lead anymore, but they, they're going to let you, they have to. Let's, let's create a dialogue where they have to. Do you see the devil's plan? Right? So women, if you're in a house where your husband is just a loser, God didn't make him that way. The devil did. So your job is to speak into the atmosphere of your home that this house has a man that wins. This house has a husband that knows what his position in Christ is. This man has eyes that are open that he could see the truth 
of the calling of God on his life. This man has instructions in his mouth for our family. Do you see how you can turn the table on the devil? Because what's been happening is unconsciously, women start having dialogues about their husband's weakness inside their house. Don't bring your husband's weakness in your house because it will show there. Everybody else should see his weakness, but you should see his strength until he can get it up to. Imagine what would happen if in your home the environment is a, I'm rooting for you, I'm rooting for you, I'm rooting for you, you can do this. Don't you think it will show up on the outside? But what's happened, it's been flipped. The men are leaving their homes and spending long times outside so they can hear, oh man, yeah, you got it today, you're doing a good job. Because they know when they come home, they're going to hear all about what they can't do. I was going to be good today. But guys, aren't you glad I'm not talking this way to you? Okay. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying, folks? We have to shift this. Because men, you have inside of you things that we could never do. I don't ever want to do it either. God put the desire, God gives you this desire to just like dominate. And you should be able to do that. But you should do it with God's wisdom, right? So you don't do it with the world system. Even if you're a gentle man, you can still dominate. And you, st- you have the strength physically, and you have the supernatural strength from the Holy Spirit. Do you think the Holy Spirit would lead you to be some wimpy dude? Do you think the Holy Spirit's coming, okay now, my son. Let's just take it nice and easy. We don't want to rough you up too much. You know, this is, we don't want you to be triggered. Let's just, let's just go easy. You can do that. You can do No. It's like, get up. Put your shoes on. Go walk somewhere. I want to talk to you. I think that's how the Holy Spirit probably talks to men. But they've been, so, they've been so conditioned by the world that you have to gently speak to them that when that happens, they're like, oh, God is so rude. God speaking to you the way that he created you to listen. And, and there should be a difference in how God speaks to a woman than he does a man, because he knows we're different. He knows we're different. And God would not break his order for anything. We need to tune back in to how God speaks to men. And let them hear him that way. He may not speak to the woman to tell the man something, but he may, because he's done that before. But, but I think what I want everybody to understand is if a man is being helped in an area, because our job is to help. Women, our job is to help. But it, they're not permanently deficient because we had to help. I think this is a problem. And that's Pride. Because I had to help you with this. It means I'm better than you in this. No, you're not. You just had to help. (laughs) They still own the package. They're still head of house. God didn't take away their position because you're the spiritual prayer person. (sighs) So our, our goal should be that people be in their right position. 
as a Christian. You understand? We should root for the husband to be the husband and root for the wife to be the wife. And if we have to tell the wife something to help lift up things while the husband's getting it, we can do that too. But it's not a permanent position. It is a help. Do you understand? Like if you broke a, a bone or something. If the, like, well, Mr. Paul, perfect example. Let's use Mr. Paul as an example. You know, he snapped his knee in all four spots. It's like doing this. And so uh, the things he used to do before, I'm sure he was restricted in some things. So if, if Miss Lisa was helping him, well, that don't mean he's permanently now disabled. <laughs> and oh, well, I guess I'm going to have to be doing this all the time. No, she's helping. It's not per- who wants to be permanently doing something for somebody when they could capable do it capable. You understand what I'm saying? They could be healed and restored so they can do it themselves. This is the goal. Women, when we help men, we're helping them to get stronger in something. Not that we got to take it over because they're so dumb. <laughs> and men and, and the men who don't, the men who feel like it's a fight every time, they just give up. They're like, you know what? Why bother? <laughs> I mean, you're like, well, why bother? And then the women are complaining. Well, my husband just doesn't do anything. Well, what was the last thing you said when he did something? <laughs> like, finally, you're finally gonna. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Listen, we are not in competition with each other, right? We're each growing our own thing. We're growing in our own departments. We're growing in our own strengths. We're growing in our own callings. We're growing in these things so that we can show what God's kingdom looks like to the earth. We can demonstrate the authority and the power and the nurturing that comes with family. The family is being broken apart and men don't want to stick around because what are they going to do? The women have it all now. That's a lie from hell. <laughs> Amen? Okay. Let's go to um, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. You guys learning something here? We should have sang that song. Shake up the ground of all men. Your way is better. <laughs> okay. In uh, 1 Peter 3, 7, it says in the same way, I think that's the one. Yeah, perfect. In the same way, you married men should live considerably, considerately with your wives with an intelligent recognition of the marriage relation, honoring the woman as physically the weaker. Can we just say it's written in scripture that women are physically weaker than men? Okay? Let's own it. Let's own it. Women are physically weaker than men, and it's okay. (laughs) It doesn't mean that we are stupider than men. It means we are physically weaker than men. And so it's okay. We don't have to bash a man because he is showing his physical strength next to us. We don't have to assume that because he's demonstrating his 
manliness physically next to us, that somehow it's undermining my femininity. No. Okay? Our men need to show themselves physically stronger. And they need us not to be threatened by it. That's pretty much what I want to say about that. They they don't have to feel like they got to tone it down because she's going to feel like I'm a threat. No. (laughs) Weak women will feel that way. But a, a woman who's strong herself at her level of strength will be happy to have a man that shows up strong. You see what I'm saying? We don't like wimpy men. Because God didn't make you wimpy. Right? Uh, so this is found in, in you know, First Peter 3. I'm just giving you little doses. We're going to be out of here pretty soon. Um, <laughs> let's go to Ephesians 5.26. Ephesians 5.26. And this is talking about um, the husband and the wife relationship. I'm coming in on that. And it says, So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. You see that? Who did God ask to cleanse people with the word? It was a man. It was a husband. He asked the husband to give his wife a bath with the word. He didn't ask the husband to bathe himself with the word. He asked the husband to give his wife a bath with the word, which makes you wonder. I wonder who's picking up the dirt in the family. Just a thought. He asked. Just thought about that. <laughs> Does make you wonder. If the wife's the one that needs to be washed with the water of the word, then, huh, well, we got some things to think about here, ladies. Okay? God gave the husband the responsibility and the position to draw a bath for his wife with the word of God. And the word of God washing us is to cleanse us. So you know all the worrying women do and the low self-esteem issues. A husband could cleanse her from those things to bring her back to a status where she is the proper help for the home. So this thing where I just don't understand women and I just don't, you don't have to worry about that, man. You just wash her. Just get some word out and start bathing. You'll see the thing that, that you could understand about her will be there. It's just covered up by a whole bunch of garbage from the world and you start washing you're going to see what you can understand it'll be so easy you'll be like wow this is easy but the word of God for men the word of God is something that you should have strength in you should be strong in your use and your knowledge of the word if you're planning to be a husband if you're planning to be a father if you are a husband or you are a father start Uh, getting yourself hooked on the word of God that you could read over your wife. If you're single, if you're a teenage boy, start developing a whole book full of word. 
If she's crying, I'm going to wash her with this after she's done crying. If she's this, I'm going to wash her with that. If I yell at her too loud, I'm going to go real quick and wash it off with this. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) If she's concerned about the money, I'm going to wash her with these things so that she can get back in focus so we have a goal together so that we don't have a poverty issue in our household. Do you know that men are strong enough to drive poverty out of their house? It's the men that have the strength to do this, folks. The women are figuring out how they can pull two pennies together. The men are figuring out how they can conquer the city. (laughs) Bring the conquering idea to your wife. Bring it to a woman if you're single. Not just any woman. Let's let's back up a minute. (laughs) Bring it to like a mama woman. (laughs) Let's put it that way. And, and, And get some feedback. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I also want the single men to know that Adam was alone in the garden for a long time. Because he had to name a lot of things. And he had to do a lot of stuff. You understand? And he was okay. I mean, really, he was okay. God just didn't want to leave the scene without bringing Eve in so what's already happening in the garden could be multiplied. This is what God brought the woman in for. But the guy was good. He was doing fine. I mean, really. He even met the snake while he was in there all by himself. Yeah, and that's something. Snake never talked to him first, but that's beside the point. So I'm just saying. (laughs) For the women, don't bring the chatter of the devil in your house. Leave it outside. Bring God in your house. Talk about the men in your house like you want them to be, not what the other women's men are. Do you know that the devil gets you to team up against men? Now, when you start talking bad about your husband, it leaves a a stench that he can smell. And that's probably why he has to wash it, women. (laughs) You know, it creates an atmosphere of of dishonor and and like, like fake because you're nice to them in the house, but you're talking bad about them outside the house. I'm just, there's a, there's a holy hush across the room. Sorry, women. But if our men are going to be strong, the women have to participate. That's what it comes down to, right? If your sons are going to be strong, you have to participate. You have to make their daddy look so good that they can't wait to be that way. Right? Okay. Um, let's go to Ephesians 5.1. I'm reading this out of the Amplified, by the way, which I think you guys have up there. You're good. You figured it out. When there's interference in the back, I know it's not the operator error. I know there's another interference. <laughs> so this is um, Ephesians 5. One. Get, uh, Josiah asked me to get really fiery for 30 seconds so he could clip it out and put it as a, as a snippet on social media. I thought, I haven't done any of that yet. I need to get up with it and do a fiery demonstration of some sort. <laughs> so he could plaster that on social media. Oh, my. Okay, I just thought about that. Uh, so Ephesians 5.26, this is what it says. Oh, no, not that one. Sorry. Uh, uh, the other one. What did I say? Yeah, 5-1. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Therefore... <laughs> Be imitators of God, 
copy him and follow his example, as well-beloved children imitate their father. This is what the Amplified says. Who do the children imitate? Their daddy. So if you don't want weak children, don't let them, let them see a weak father. Let them see a strong father. So that's who they imitate. All the stuff we do to, to, to protect the children could backfire if the men aren't part of that image. If the children don't see the men in the picture, they're not being raised properly. I'm going to say it that way. They need to see men in the picture of their training. So if you're a single mom or your house acts like you're a single mom because your guy hasn't gotten the revelation yet that he is the head, you need to bring your children into atmospheres where men are strong. And you say something about that man's strength to your children. So they have something to admire and to imitate. You don't even have to talk to the guy. You just have to say, you see how that person is strong and how they're really good at what they're doing? Someday you could be strong like that and do what you do. You understand what I'm saying? Let them see, the, bring the image of a strong man in the picture of your family training, of your kids training. So they, because the Bible tells us that they imitate the father. Men are fathers, not women. Men, men with, with the genetics of men, <laughs> not the ones who changed into men, but actual men that God created that way. They were called to be fathers, right? And so that's who we imitate when they're behaving like a man. I should clarify that too. <laughs> okay? When they're actually behaving the way they were created, that's children will imitate their father. Because unfortunately, some men have fathered children and then decided to become women. Like, how does that work? <laughs> Do you see the lies? Do you see how much a lie could corrupt your image? A lie could go so far to corrupt your DNA structure that your mindset shifts from that of how God created your brain to function into creating like some, into something he didn't. But men were created to be strong. Who was it that killed the giant and the bear with his bare hands? It wasn't a woman. It was a guy. A teenage boy. Boys were born with strength. Teenager, baby. It don't matter. Let them show their boy. <laughs> I remember when Gabriel was a baby. So I'm home with Gabriel, a new phenomenon for me because I worked since I was 14. So this was like, oh my gosh. Anyway, I was a mother at home for a short time. But one of my concerns was like, you know, I'm going to be with Gabriel like for a long time, all day long. I don't want him to pick up my mannerisms like a girl. I mean, like, his dad's gone so much because we he had moved here and Pastor Doug would be gone from 6 in the morning to 9 at night when he was working at the bank because of all the transportation. So I was like, oh my goodness, I don't want Gabriel to like 
be all feminine and, you know. So, and then, like, the next morning I woke up, and, and Gabriel's sleeping next to me in the bed, and he woke up, sat up in the bed, he was a baby, and started doing backswips off the wall. Our bed was up against the wall. I mean, he just jumped up, climbed up on the wall, and started flipping. And I went, oh, my gosh, he's a boy. It's in their genetics. <laughs> I was like, what am I thinking? He's a boy. <laughs> this is, he knows how to do boy stuff. Because I was thinking, like, what am I going to do with him that's a boy stuff? I don't know what I should do. I'm the one with him all day. The kid started flipping off stuff. He would get on the couch and jump from couch to couch and just, like, do these risky moves. And I was all excited about it because I was like, he's doing boy stuff. <laughs> because my big thought was, oh, oh, I, I don't know how I'll teach him this. I think we even stopped that, too, in the boys. You ever think about it? You know, they're home with mommy and mommy stops them. Don't jump on the furniture. Can't do this. Not the Schmidt boys. They were climbing up on the roof. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I go that far, but hey, they turned out pretty good. It's all good now. <laughs> I remember when we would be at the church all day, 12 hours a day. We tell Josiah he has it so good now. Josiah would be at the church. Gabe would be at the church with us 12 hours a day. This is not even an exaggeration. Like, that's how we were here all the time. And um, Gabriel was playing with um, Solomon and Sean and Elliot at the time. They, were, they would be come over, right? And so they started riding bikes. And you know that little embankment in the, in the parking lot? They would ride the bikes up and just like, whoop. Just like be flying down that thing with their bikes. And I'm, so I'd be in the kitchen and I'd look out and I'd go, oh! And the Lord says, if you are going to watch them in fear, you must not watch them. Because the fear you have watching them is going to cause what you're thinking to happen will happen to them. So if I went, ever went in the kitchen and saw that they were riding, I would immediately leave and go to my office. I'd be like, I'm watching. I am not watching. They're going to be just fine. But they're boys. This is what boys do. Boys take risk. Leaders take risk. Head of households take risk. I feel like we have as a community have just shunned people who take risks. Because if the risk turns out with an error, we tell them, see, see, I told you, I told you. Well, my gosh, you didn't try to do it. <laughs> I mean, what Jesus, all he said to Peter is, why did you doubt? He didn't say, you loser. When Peter walked on water, you know, and he started, he said, help, and God, and Jesus helped him. He didn't look down on him and go, stay down there, you little loser. <laughs> you should have had more faith. What's wrong with you? I taught you better than that. No, he helped him, did he not? This is what a helper does. We help. Helpers help. Strong men lead. They show their strength and they take risks. Tell your wife about it first, though. They take risks. <laughs> and, yeah, I remember this about Gabriel, and I thought, oh, I'm not looking. I just would dart back, grab my cup of water, whatever I was getting, and off I go. And he never got hurt. They never, we never had gotten hurt. But that was something the Holy Spirit had to share with me, so I get a revelation, and don't go out there and tell them, boys, you know, blah, 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 blah. Nope, they did what boys did. You see? Are you good men? Am I helping you here? <laughs> hey, 
it. Maybe I was a little fiery there for 30 seconds or so. <laughs> okay. Um, and in Ephesians 5.23, I'll just say this one for you. Ephesians 5.23, Mark, for the husband is head of the wife as Christ is head of the church, himself the savior of his body. So the husband is the head of the wife. He's not the controller of the wife. He is the head of the wife. So there's somebody there to save her, okay, to protect her. Like Jesus is the head of the church. Right? So when we don't understand it, and when men feel all nervous, they don't know what to do, they'll control. Because they don't know what to do. And since you're telling them what to do, well then, okay. Okay! (laughs) But men, you are the head of the wife. And when you go to heaven, God's going to ask you what you did with your position. So you have to figure out what that looks like for you. And it means more training. Yes, because I can guarantee you, you didn't grow up with the information. (laughs) So when you get a revelation of being the head of the wife, not just the head of the house, then you know what to do. You go to God. He's the one that made the wife. Tell me, how does this one work? (laughs) I'm supposed to be the head of her. Tell me, tell me, we'll tick her off so I start right there. I don't do it. <laughs> Touchy little creatures we are sometimes. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? If you start working for a company and you get a new position and you're in charge of a department, wouldn't you want to know how it, what they do, right? Wouldn't you want to know, like, how the culture is? What, like, guys, come on, tell me. Wouldn't you want to know some stuff about your job if you started a new job or something? Well, hey, your job is head of wife, head of house. God has some information. He has a job description for you. He'll tell you all the little nooks and crannies, idiosyncrasies, all the things that will take her off balance. He knows. Guess what the world says? You just can never understand women. Yep. You do this and it's not right. You do that and it ain't right. Isn't that what they say? That's a lie from hell. God said that a husband should live with his wife with understanding, right? So why would God put that job description on you and not allow you to understand your wife? Right? So men can start saying, I don't know about you, but I understand my wife. Start saying that, man. I see what will happen. That's a new thing, but you can do it. (laughs) Right? Then we have... um, we have a lot more here. Okay. For Second uh, Peter 3.2. And then, I'm sorry, Ephesians 5.33 actually. Ephesians 5.33, but it, it also gives a, um, a reference to Second Peter 3.2, which you can look up later. But let's go to Ephesians 5.33. And in the Amplified... However, let each man of you, without exception, so nobody, no man is exempt from this, love his wife as being, in a sense, his very own self. 
and let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband, that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates and esteems him, and that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. Well, my God, if a guy had this, I don't see how he could stay weak. What do you think? I mean, I mean, the guys are just blushing right now, me saying all that. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So you decide what that looks like in your family, but it should happen. Right? Okay. You know, the world system has made it like if a man gets complimented, that ain't manly. Well, the Bible's complimenting the heck out of men here. <laughs> and he's like... Ladies, the Bible told us what to say. He, the, the Bible is telling us what to look at and say something good about it. Like there's actually an outline here. <laughs> you could check off the outline and see if you're doing it. Right? Okay. All right. Um, we, this is my note, we must put pressure on the world system and bring back honor and respect for our men. It must be seen in our homes. It must be established in our churches. And it must be carried out in our organizations, in our homes. And this is how we will get the results of strong men and secure women. Our young ladies will not grow up thinking that they have to somehow compensate for weak men. Do you, do you realize that when the world teaches security, self-esteem, and to have self-esteem, they're teaching it on the premise that you have to, you have to accommodate weak people. That's what it's built on. It's, it, they teach women to be strong women and self-sufficient. Why? Because there's a bunch of loser men. That's what they're teaching you. That's what they're teaching our girls. The women, you have to learn how to be self-sufficient because you don't know. You can't depend on a man. Well, isn't that like totally opposite the Bible? Who's going to wash her with the word? If she has a man and she can't depend on him to wash her with the word, which other man is going to do that? Do you understand what I'm saying? But if we say the words and agree with it, then we're agreeing that we can't find a man that will wash us with the word. Do you see how this works? Now, if your guy is abusive and, he is, and, and he's a narcissist, then that's a, whole, that's a different message. Okay? I have those messages too. But today we're talking about men who are actually trying to do the best. But they only know so much. Or maybe you know all this already, so it's time to go higher, right? And I, I'm here to say on behalf of women, we want you to be that way. We want you to be the higher one, not the wimpy little thing. We want you to be strong. Won't you agree, women? Yeah. And we're rooting for you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we wa- I don't care what self-sufficiency these women are promoting. They still got men around them. And they feel kind of weak without them. They will. They have guys running their cameras. They have guys producing their shows. They have guys doing stuff. Yeah. 
But then they profess an all woman this and an all woman nah. <laughs> I'm not in that in that department. Although people think I am, I'm not. <laughs> I am uh, I am for men. Okay, so are we good? Yes. All right. What, I want to encourage you men with a couple of things. One of the things that will help the women in your life is for you to prevent, present a vision to them. It doesn't have to be this lifelong, like, oh, well, I don't, you don't have to say, I don't know where we're going. No, say, I see the next three, if all you could see is three months from now, tell her. Let her know. Well, right now I see three months. This is what we, okay, I'm here to help. Right? If you are a guy and you have children, as a father, present to your wife what it is you would like to see accomplished in your children. Just by doing that action, it puts you in head position. So now your helping partner can come in and do all the work. This is how it should work. You understand what I'm saying? But it's like we got the women trying to like push things along, but there's no vision. And what did the Bible say about when there's no vision? The Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. Well, guess who the people are? The people in the house are perishing because they ain't no vision. Why? Because the men don't think they're good enough. <laughs> men God dropped vision in you for your household when you married a girl. He has a custom-made vision. He, he put in there the vision for your children when you, give, when you had them the first time. When they, when they were born, you know, you held them, you cut the cord, whatever process you did. Vision was put, okay, here's for this child. You got it. You have it. Now, let's say the kids are out of the house you're like, man, I missed the boat. You didn't miss no boat. You're still the top dog. Start praying about it. Say, God, what was my child supposed to be that they never got to be because I never trained them? Here's the great news. In the spiritual realm, there is no time. There's no time in the spiritual realm. So guess what? If we can be heirs of Abraham's seed from way back God knows when. There's still debates about how many thousand years, but, you know, it's way back when. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and today I can confess the scripture, Galatians 3.28, that says I'm an heir according to the promise given to Abraham. Guess what you can do? Huh? Your child is an heir to a family line that does blah, 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 blah. I just give you gold, man. You could pray and ask God, what was our family line supposed to accomplish for you on the earth? Ask God. He'll tell the men. He'll tell the women how to help get it there, but she wouldn't really realize that's the actual vision. Men, you ask God. If you don't have kids yet and you want to have kids, start asking God. What should I be doing as a person to develop myself, to, to create a lineage on the earth that does what you wanted our family line to do? Tell me what it is and watch what happens. Women, if your husband's not even in church, he don't care about church, hates church, hates God. You start praying for him that your husband will get wisdom 
insight, knowledge, revelation about the vision for your family so your family line could be straightened out so we don't have a whole other generation groping around in the dark, don't know what to do. Do you realize the biggest issue of why the devil could lie to people is because they don't know what they're supposed to do. But in your house, men, you can straighten the matter up, go all the way back to when they were born and start speaking. Amen? Thank you, Lord. I think I fixed the problem with my mouth. Now you guys have to do the demonstrating. (laughs) Amen? Do you see why now the devil would hate for anybody to hear this? Because uh, things are about to be straightened out. I love the male gender. I'm going to say that. It should be a soundbite. <laughs> because the devil has convinced people that strong women, which I am one, and every woman should be a strong woman. God didn't create any weak women. Right? So as a strong woman, I am happy that God made men. I am happy that in the house set up, he made the husband the head over the wife. I am happy that our children were created so they could imitate the father. I'm happy about that. Do you see? If we get excited about God's plan, God's plan will work excitingly for us. We don't get to just pull out parts. Don't let your children disrespect your husband. And also don't let, you know, your children disrespect the wife. But I think hardly does that happen. It's more, a lot of the husbands get disrespected. You guys are all quiet because they're being kind about it. But I think husbands get disrespected. And it could just be, it, it, it might not be by words, but it could be by actions. Right? Let's stop it. Are we on board for this? Uh, women, if you're single, you can help encourage guys. You know, the young men around you that you work with or that's in your life, um, the younger teenage boys, whatever, give them encouraging words to help them get strong. Point out something that they're really good at that's manly. <laughs> you know, we should probably as a church have our own manly list <laughs> and start populating the environment with that. You know what I'm saying? All right. I think, uh, I think I've got everything. This is a different message for me. Um, I was going to point out it was Daniel, a man, who caused lions. Hit, hit. You talk about men taking risk. Could you imagine a woman being thrown in a den of lions? And they're like, ah, ah, ah. They're lions, they're lions. <laughs> Daniel was thrown into the... The den of lions, right? I mean, it's also, I know angels came, God protected him, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it still takes a lot of gumption to know that this is what's going to happen to you if you prayed. And he did it anyway. You know how many weak women there are running around thinking that they're stronger than their husbands? Because they're scared to tell their husband stuff and help him along. So they're, well, if I do this, he's going to, that's weak. So men are strong. And Daniel was the one that was in the lion's den. And he caused, he took a little pillow, one line for a pillow, the other one for the, you know. He didn't have any backaches when he woke up. He was calm. 
it was David. I said it was Samson who killed a thousand soldiers, a, a thousand fighters with, a, with the jawbone of a donkey. And I heard a commentator said that he didn't really need that jawbone. He could have done it with his bare hands because he was anointed to do it. And he wasn't supposed to touch any dead thing. The jawbone of the donkey was a dead thing. But what I'm saying is, the men that God created are stronger than we give them credit for. The anointing in their life is capable of doing so much battle, but you find the women are doing prayer groups to do battle. I think the men need to activate their battle gear and start praying. Start getting together as men to pray. I wonder what would happen in our community if that happened. I'll tell you what, you'll see some stuff stirred up, but you keep praying, tell them you don't just get to stir up, you get to leave. Right? Are you guys good? Oh, the biggest one, and then we close. Do you know, Jesus' father was a man raising a child that was not his own. Joseph doesn't ever get mentioned. We all hear about Mary. Oh, beautiful Mary. Yes, she was. That's great. People even pray to Mary. They don't even tell you the story of Joseph. Joseph had to follow God's instructions to get Jesus to safety. It was Joseph that the Holy Spirit, that God gave dreams to, to, and God gave instructions to, to tell him what to do. He didn't tell it to Mary. He told it to Joseph. God himself followed the order of the house when he had to get instructions about the child. Shouldn't we do the same? Shouldn't we do the same? Men, you're capable of getting dreams from God. You're capable of hearing instructions from God to tell you what to do with the family. And I'm saying, get the instruction and just tell the wife. I mean, she'll arrange a whole party. You just got to get the instruction, tell the lady, she'll get it done. This is a no-brainer, guys. <laughs> this is a no-brainer. See, when women don't have things to do, they get a little antsy. They get irritated. They start creating all kinds of problems. <laughs> I'm telling you from a... I'm telling... Ask Pastor Doug. If women aren't... <laughs> they just like... Because they have to solve problems. They have to help. So if you're not giving them something to help, they're kind of like helpless. And then we got a problem. You know how the Bible tells... The Bible said women should not be gossiping with other women, right? He, and he told the older women, teach the younger women so they're not busy. But is the Bible called women busybodies, not the men? <laughs> and the reason is if we do the correct process in the house, we will have women that are so busy with vision and purpose that they don't got time to go talk about you. And when they do talk about you, they're going to tell about all the vision that you have for the family and what you see our kids doing and all. And that's, that's oh, you talk about jealous women. Yeah. So I want to encourage the men today that you are strong. You have the strength of God in you. You have anointing in, inside of you that we don't have. You have... Um, a job, a position that we could never take. If we took your position, we are overthrowing you, which is not God's plan. The devil did that and he got kicked out. I don't want to be kicked out of the family. You understand what I'm saying? So we want you to take the head. We want you to show us your strength. We want you to ask God for vision 
For the, what about our community? Ask God for vision for this community. If you were an older gentleman, I mean, you could get, you could ask God to show you which young man in the community, which groups of boys need to be mentored and, and help them. You know, help them so that they have a, a, a direction to go. They have somebody to imitate. Do you see what I'm saying, guys? Are we on board? Do you guys feel better today about yourself than when you came in? <laughs> I hope so. I don't know about the women. They might have to go. <laughs> the women may have to go get some ice packs and put it. <laughs> they have to go pray and repent a little bit. But it's all good. It's all good, right? When you go to the chiropractor, it doesn't feel too good when you come out. But a couple, give it a couple of days, then you're all good. <laughs> so let's stand together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Abby, do you want to just play something on the piano? Because I want this to stay live till, till the end. But uh, you want to come, my love? I, I just want, as a woman, I just want to pray and thank God for, uh, for men, that he created men. And I just want us to pray a blessing over the men and the fathers. Father, we just thank you today. We give you praise and honor and glory, Lord, in this house. And we just speak, Father, as, as a woman in your kingdom, I speak over the men. And I thank you, Lord, for that you created men. I thank you, Father, that you created the position of Father on the earth. That we could have a, a, a representation of, of men that imitate you that our children can imitate. And so, Father, I just speak into this atmosphere that there will be a spirit of encouragement that come upon the men at the sound of my voice. I speak, Father, that there will be a healing touch from heaven that will heal scars, that will heal words, that will take away all of the images of weakness and of, of mistakes and of being an error and of being a problem on the earth, that it will be removed from the men and that they will see their eyes will be opened with vision that they could see how you created them what you created them to do that father you will show them in the word all of the scriptures they need to use to water and wash their family with the word of God I just thank you Lord that you made such a solid plan for mankind on the earth and we agree with your plan and, and we just speak a blessing over fatherhood we speak a blessing over fatherhood as mothers and as women we thank you Lord that you created fatherhood and that children can be raised and trained up in the way they should go because of the image that you put on this earth and we thank you Father for it we thank you Lord Jesus thank you Jesus thank and you know what thank you, this Lord. church exists to bring people to Jesus and we just want to make sure that you're walking with Jesus as close as you need to be. And if you're here today and your walk with Jesus is either non-existent or you need to make some steps to get closer to him, I want to give you an opportunity to come to Jesus. You know, everybody, you know where you are and you know what you need. And Jesus loves you. And he's waiting for you with open arms to accept you, to receive you, and to love you. So if that's you today, if you need to make Jesus your Lord, 
to take steps to just draw near to him and get closer to him, closer to his presence, I want you to come right now in the name of Jesus. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. It's one you will never regret. And it's one that sets the course for your life. And that's why we're here. If you feel those things in your heart, I want you to come. If you feel the tugging of the Holy Spirit, come in the name of Jesus. And we just want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Because we love people. Glory to God. God has a plan for your life. Thank you, Lord. And he wants to connect you with that plan. He's had a plan ever since you were born. Even before you were born. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this day. That you have brought her here. Thank you for your love and your goodness that you're showering upon her in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord, that things are being made right in the name of Jesus.
with some awesome, awesome stuff. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, um, our, our Bible is up to date on the times. And I just want to read a scripture to you from Deuteronomy that was written thousands of years ago. Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. It says, A woman shall not wear a man's clothing, nor shall a man put on woman's clothing. For whoever does these things is utterly repulsive to the Lord your God. If a woman needs to think they need to put on man's clothes and a man needs to think he needs to put on woman's clothes, they're confused. And they need to be set free. They're probably even possessed. But you know, God's a God of order. He sets things right. Amen? That was long before we ever see what's happening today. God wrote it in his word and it's still good for today. How many are excited that they got a good father, God? Our God is a good father. He loves you so much with an unfailing, unquenchable, unstoppable love. Glory to God. He's going to love you. He loved you then. He loves you now. He's going to continue to love you because his love is eternal. Hallelujah. Oh, what a great Father's Day. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you today. We receive of your word and the work of your spirit and your power and your demonstration. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.